This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah. Salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah amma ba'du. We come to hadith number 36 today. We have four hadith, inshallah, remaining for this class. And today is a hadith that is a tremendous hadith as it relates to the personality of every single Muslim. And it is particularly important for anyone and everyone who's giving dawah. But you guys sitting in that audience, this is a hadith you need to pay attention to. Because it's a hadith that will save you a lot of aggro, save you a lot of money and time, and also, inshallah, be a protection from you having to choke someone or do something violent when people steal your money and things like that. Swindlers, shysters, thieves, pyramid schemes, people like that. People go on the internet and they're so quick and willing to send someone they don't even know their bank statement, trying to make an easy dollar. This hadith will protect you. And it's the hadith of Abu Hurairah, may Allah be pleased with him, he said that the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La yuldu mu'min min juhrim wahid marratain. This hadith is from the Juwami' al-Kalam. Our Nabi, our Rasul, al-Mustafa, al-Ameen, al-Mukhtar, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, the believer is that person who is not stung from the same hole twice few words but it has far-reaching implications a lot of ahkam a lot of adab a lot of fawaid al-mu'min la yuldahu min juhrim wahid marratain it is not okay for a believer in Allah a believer in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a believer in yawm al-qiyamah it's not acceptable for him to get stung from the same hole twice. This hadith has been collected by Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim. So there's no shak as it relates to the authenticity of the hadith. Concerning the hadith, first thing that we want to mention, this is important, is that there are some Islamic groups, and I warn you of all of the Islamic groups, avoid them all if they're a group of people calling themselves Sedefi and they're a group of people, avoid all of these people and get on the religion that the Prophet brought, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ikhwani, tablighi, sufi, leave all of that stuff, ya akhi. It's hizbiya. And a lot of times these groups don't allow you to be a full Muslim. They don't allow you to reach your full potential. They don't allow you to meet the Muslim you never, to love the Muslim who you never met before. So some of these groups, like the people of Tasawwuf, this hadith is a big refutation against those people and other than them, in that it's a hadith that clearly shows that the Muslim is a person who has intellect, and he uses his intellect. Islam doesn't accept stupidity, can't be stupid. In Arabic, there are a number of words, like in English, like believed. Not bleed, you're bleeding. Similar to that, bleed. 
like the word safi, foolish. So yaqulu sufaha'un min nas Allah called them in the Quran. Foolish, bleed, stupid, an idiot. Rabi, dumb, just dumb. Allah doesn't want us to be jahil, jahil, ignorant. Doesn't know his elbow from his ankle bone. Foolish. In every culture, in every system, these superlatives are frowned down upon. Al-Islam, Allah doesn't want that. This hadith proves that. The people of Sufism, they say, if you're the sheikh and you're the murid, you're the student, they say, be with the sheikh the way a dead person is when his body is being washed. I say the opposite. Don't be with anybody like that. Even if you go to the tabib, the doctor in the um, hospital, and he's going to give you an operation or pull your tooth or something like that, that doctor better be aware of how he's touching you. You get in a haircut, and the guy is cutting your hair, and while cutting your hair, he keeps making a mistake and putting himself in the wrong place touching you. We're not going to just be like that with anybody, like a dead person who's being washed. The sheikh is giving ruqya, ruqya. You chose someone, he's giving ruqya to your wife. And the sheikh says to you, can you please leave the room? Leave me alone with my right wife. You said, aye, sheikh. You're the sheikh. We're going to say, no, sirree. If you ask me that question, there's going to be a problem, sheikh. Do you see me as being believed, rabi, jahil, safi? You look, I look like Frank Sausagehead to you, sheikh. Tell me anything. Don't be like that with anybody. No teaching. Our mother and our fathers, we owe them obedience. But even with them, don't be with your mother and father like a dead person who's being washed. You have to tell your father, and I'd be, that's wrong. No, ummi, that's not from the deen. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, قُلْ هَلْ Tell them, Muhammad, are they equal? Those who know and those who don't know? لَا يَسْتَوِيَانِ مَثَلًا They're not equal. Those who know are on a higher level. In the deen and the dunya. A person who knows how to drive is not like the one who doesn't know how to drive. So Allah has rebuked and refuted and put down ignorance and being ignorant in the Quran. He said in the Quran, They are deaf, dumb, and blind, and they'll never return. That's Allah telling you, don't be deaf, don't be dumb, don't be blind. Not having special needs and you handicap, you can't see, you can't hear. No! You have all of those things, but you don't use them. Allah is telling people, don't be like that. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Your religion is a religion of khurafat, innovation, shirk. You make claims and you see things. And when people say, where's the delil? You have no idea what you're talking about. Deaf, dumb, and blind. Allah mentioned about those other people, لَهُمْ قَلُوبٌ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ بِهَا وَلَهُمْ أَعْجُنٌ لَا يُبْصِرُونَ بِهَا وَلَهُمْ آذَانٌ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ بِهَا أُولَٰئِكَ كَالْعَنْعَامِ بَلْ هُمْ أَضَلُّ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ الْغَافِلُونَ Those people, they have hearts. They don't understand with their hearts, their intellect. They have eyes. They don't see with their eyes. They have ears. They don't hear with their ears. 
They can't hear. Those people are lesser. They're more astray than the animals. Cows, sheep, horses. Allah said they're like those animals. Instead, they are more astray. They are more astray. They are the ones who are not aware. They're not educated. They don't know what they're doing. So all of those ayat of the Quran and the Sunnah tell the believer, don't be ignorant. This hadith says the Muslim, the mu'min doesn't get stung from the same hole twice. He has to be aware. He has to be clever. He has to be switched on. Okay. They say in English, fool me once, shame on you. Why are you trying to fool me? We're supposed to be cool. You're my homie. I'm your homie. You're friends. We're Muslims. You fooled me and you got my dough. You, 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 you swindled me. You got my money. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I should have been aware of that. The believer is not stung from the same hole twice because he's woke. He's aware of what people are doing and what they're trying to do. So the real Muslim, based upon this hadith, he's the one who's paying attention. Another hadith, he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in describing the mu'min, he said, al-mu'min ghirrun kareem, wal-fajr khibbun la'im. He said that the believer, his personality, is that he is guilelessly kareem. He is generously, he's generous without a fault. No deception in his generosity. He's not going to give you a fake 20 pound note. What he gives you, he owns it. He's not going to give you something that is no good, poison, it's going to kill you. He's not going to give you as a, as a, as a gift food that went bad. He's not like that. He's ghirrun kareem. He is guilelessly generous. And the fajir is khibbun la'im. The, 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 the munafiq, the fajr, the, 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 the bad person, even if he's a Muslim. This individual, what he is, he is a swindler and he is evil. He'll trick you. He'll give you a wooden, give you a wooden nickels, give you woolly nickels, try to sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. You, he'll try to sell you the London Bridge. And you, the believer, come and say, okay, how much you selling it for? Just give me 150 pounds. That's it. And you're, nah, the believer's not like that. I don't know if you guys know, but in New York, there's this game called Three Card Molly. You get three cards, and you have to choose the one that's red or black. Two of them red, the other one is black. And the guy say, watch the card, watch the card. And he goes real slow. And everybody there is with him. He got about four or five people with him. You come up. Visit in New York. You don't know what time it is. You're looking at the lights. Oh, wow, wow. And then you come and you watch him. That's his boy. Here, watch, 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 watch. Show the card, $20. And he got it. You said, man, I can do that. I can do that. And depending upon how much you bet the first time, he'll let you win if you bet $10, $20. If you pull out a lot of money, he'll let you win. But if you don't have a lot of money, it's going to make you lose because he knows how to play with that card. The believer never, ever, ever gets in, a, in that kind of game, ever. First of all, it's gambling. But put that aside. He should know if anything comes to you and it's too easy, there's something wrong with it. That's a principle you got to know. 
open up your email and the guy say, hey, my name is Ruqayya Abdullahi. I'm from this African country. I was married to the general so-and-so and he's died. Uh, $45 million is in the bank account. I'm trying to get it out. I just need someone like you to give me 300, 500 pounds and we'll get it out. I give you that. I give you 2 million and you send your bank account. Now, they have some real slick people. I was waiting for a letter, a package to come from America. I got an email that said, you got a package, but you have to pay one pound and 95 pence so that they can let it through customs. I almost did it because I was expecting a letter. But I know that 195 pounds, one dollar, one pound, 95 for, nah, something's wrong. Sure enough, turned out to be a scam. So if you do internet banking, any kind of banking, you got to keep looking at your, your, your statements. People out here robbing you. So the believer is not like that. The believer is intelligent. There is a hadith that said about the believer, al-mu'min kayyis fatan. The believer is shrewd, intelligent, aware. He's on top of the job. That hadith is a weak hadith, fabricated. It's a fabricated hadith, but it's true. And you'll hear a lot of people say it. It's true. Al-Mu'min Kayyis Fatan. He is intelligent. Comes into a place, he doesn't know these people and he's brand spanking new. Don't talk, just lay in a cut. You don't know these people. You got to deal yourself to He just knows how to deal with stuff. Can't be an ignorant person. So we have a number of hadith, ayat, describe the believer. One thing that the believer is, he's intelligent. Doesn't mean he has to go to school in Oxford or Cambridge. He just has to have normal common sense. Not to be taken for a sucker or taken for a fool like what we have now. Why is this hadith important? Recently, there was a lady, a Christian Palestinian lady who was shot and killed assassinated, murdered. The world didn't say anything about it, about women's rights and all that. The world said nothing about it. She was a journalist in Palestine for 20 years. She's an American lady. She could have stayed in America and lived life nice. No, she made tathiyah. She literally sacrificed. 20 years, she gave a voice to the voiceless Palestinians. They don't have a voice. She stayed over there to show the world what's going on there. An open prison in Palestine. She's a Christian. And they shot her and killed her. All right, no problem. They shot her and killed her. She got her reward from Allah and the dunya of whatever good she did for herself, her people. Christian lady. When she died, when she died, she was killed. The Muslims from the Jama'at al-Islamiyah the political groups where all of us come from they always the majority of the people giving dawah they call themselves the jama'atul um they're not the jama'atul um that's a political group that's not even a religious group but in that group are some good people there are some good people anyway the responsible people of that group in Palestine, in Jordan the responsible people they said that lady is in Jannah that that lady she's in Jannah moving around however she wants they said they're leaders of this Islamic political group 
They said that this lady was a Shia, a Shahida, a Marta. You know the Shahid in Al-Islam. You have the Anbiyan, the Rasul. You have the Siddiqun, like Abu Bakr. And then you have the Shuhada. And then you have regular people on different levels. The Shuhada way up there. Christian lady is from the Shuhada of Al-Islam. People over there, after the lady was killed, Muslims play Salatul Janazah, Al-Ghaib, for her. And here in the UK, and in America, for a Christian lady. I'm not blasting that lady or talking down on that lady about her losing her life in the way that she did. No, I think that lady should be praised for her courage and what she did. But once she dies in Al-Islam, the Muslim is the person who has to know. The Muslim has to know. You ask the Yahud and the Nasara. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, وَقَالَتِ الْيَهُودِ لَيْسَتِ النَّصَارَى عَلَى الشَّيْءِ وَقَالَتِ النَّصَارَى لَيْسَتِ الْيَهُودِ عَلَى الشَّيْءِ وَهُمْ يَتْرُونَ الْكِتَابِ The Jews say, the Christians are not on anything. Their religion is not true. They don't believe in a tawheed. They make shit. The Christians are not on anything. Their religion is nothing. They're going to hellfire. Jannah is not for them. The Christians say the Yehud are not on anything. Their religion is not real. They're in the hellfire. They won't go to Jannah because they don't accept Isa ibn Maryam. And both groups are reading the books. Now, both groups disqualify the other group. That's their religion. Well, you think they think we are. It's clear where they think we are. My mother, my relatives say you won't go to Jannah until you take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Every Christian says it. That's their theology. How can a Muslim come now and say, oh, well, all of us, we're in Jannah. What, what is that? It comes from these groups that the ummah, we're not uqala, we're not acting. They trick us and fool us over and over and over again and we keep falling for this stuff. We keep falling for the trickery of these people, and it's not okay. It's a political group. Ayat after ayat telling us the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La yadkhul Jannah illa nafs muslima. The only people who go into Jannah is the nafs that is a muslima, not mu'mina, muslima. The Muslim, that's it. That's our theology. But we're going to say to non-Muslims, no, no. You're going to go to Jannah because you did this and you... No, it's haram. Once they die, you can't even say rahmatullahi. The reverse here, no. When one of our relatives die, mother, father, die on other than al-Islam, we become a bit, you know, disoriented because sometimes we don't know what to say. If a Muslim relative die, mother and father, we say rahmatullahi May Allah put him in Jannah for those. We're trying to make it soft. Will you say to the revert, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. That's all you get. A'zam Allah ajrakum. May Allah give you reward for your sabr. That's all. But for you people, we're going to say, May Allah put your family in the Jannah for those. We know that. But the people from this group, and they're everywhere. They're in Pakistan. They're everywhere. Politics. And they have no understanding of the politics of Al-Islam. So the believer is the individual. He doesn't get fooled. He is not a person who's just having radud al-af'al. Hamas, Hamas, that's just unbridled. We have Hamas on Friday when the imam is there. We have Hamas and we have what we call it. We have emotions on the Eid. When you get married, 
No problem. Be happy. On the day of the AIDS, the lady hit the thing, they do all that. No problem. Be happy. But every time something happens, a lady gets killed, it's womb, it's oppression. Palestine is real sensitive. We just leave our aql? No. And that's why those scholars of Islam, they used to write books to protect the Muslims from that. Great scholar of Islam, Imam Ibn al-Jawzi has a book called Kitab Akhbar al-Hamqa wal-Mughaffaleen. The story of the stupid people and the people have ghafla. And he gives you real stories of people in the past who used to do crazy things. Great scholar in the Muhaddith Ibn Hiban. Tremendous scholar, the Sahih of Ibn Hibban. He has different books. You want to know someone who knows about a Jahwa Ta'adil? He's one. Not these people walking around here excommunicating people from the Sunnah, playing games. And Imam Ibn Hibban, he has a book called Rawdatul Uqala, The Garden of the Intelligent People. Talking about people who have intelligence compared to people who don't have common sense. So the believer is the person who uses his aql. Now as it relates to this issue and what it really means, so I want you guys to pay attention because the class will be quick, inshallah. It's real easy. Generally speaking, the Muslims should be easy. Someone stands up right now and he comes and he says to me, I'm trying to get to London. I have no money, this and that. I make that announcement. Everybody gives what he can give. We give it to him and he rolls. He may be a liar, but we don't know that. So the Muslim is not the one who says, we're, why, what, 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 I don't know you. No, we're not rough and tough because if you were in his position, you wouldn't want to be dealt like, dealt with like that. But if you have reason or cause after getting burnt and stuck, stung, you have to be awake. It said that the believer doesn't get stung from the same hole. He gets stung, it could be bitten, whatever. You get the picture. Someone is sitting right here. There's the hole of the snake. He's going to bite you. Rattlesnake, a scorpion, uh, a, a, a wasp. You're going to sit right next to a bee, a bee's hive. And you're going to get stung. And you're going to stay there. And you're going to keep getting stung. And keep getting stung and say, what's going on? And keep getting stung and say, man, I keep getting stung. They're going to say, man, move from that place. What are you doing? Move from that place. You can't keep taking your car to that guy. Some of us don't know about cars. So when we go to buy cars, buying a car and selling cars is a hustle. Those people are liars, thieves. If you are a Muslim, you feel love. giving people, you know, selling cars. So every car he gets, every car, it's a limit. The gearbox is jammed up. The car before that, it was this car before that. Is that, when are you going to wake up and smell the coffee? When are you going to go to a Muslim brother who's a mechanic and say, listen, you're my friend or you're not my friend. I'm going to pay you some money. Just come with me to help me out. Learn how to buy the car. Learn what you're doing. That's how the believers, unless he just has 5,000 pounds to waste. Most of us don't have that kind of dough to waste. And this hadith is in everything. Everything. He got married to a woman before. She played games and ran circles around him. Now you want to get married again? The believer doesn't get stung from the same hole twice. You better wake up. 
that sister as well. She married the brother. She's a new revert or whatever, divorcee. That brother already has a wife or didn't tell her. Maybe he did tell her. Maybe. And then he starts giving her all of these big dreams about plural marriage. And then when she got married, it was nothing like that. It didn't work. Now, another brother comes. The believer doesn't get stung from the same hole twice. That doesn't mean she shouldn't entertain plural marriage. I'm not saying that. But she should look for the signs, those red flags. Doesn't mean you shouldn't get married and go extreme. The Arabs say, and this is in our language too, من لدغت, من the Arabs say if whoever gets bitten by a snake, he becomes afraid of the rope. Anything that looks like a snake, he doesn't want to deal with it. So the marriage didn't work. So the person says, I don't want to get married. That's not the right way. Get married. But take lessons from what happened before. So this is the meaning of the hadith. Listen. Someone comes to you with a nice stove and they got all of that and they playing and look the role. Nice kalam and all of that. And because you're a believer, you get duped and he gets you for your dough or whatever. He got you. But when he comes next year or at another time, you say, nah, I saw this movie before. I read this script before. I'm not getting stung by you again. And then you put things in place if you want to move forward and work with them. You put things in place to save yourself. That's the meaning of this hadith. Like the munafiqeen. The munafiqeen. Allah said about them, وَإِذَا رَأَيْتُهُمْ تُعْجِبُكَ أَجْسَامُهُمْ وَإِنْ يَقُولُوا تَسْمَعْ لِقَوْلِهِمْ Those hypocrites, when you look at them, you are impressed with how they look. Look at his dope. Look at his beard. Look at the hijab, the julbab. Look at this person. Look how they pronounce the kalam of the Arabs. Wow! Look at him, look at him. When you see him, you're impressed. And when he speaks, you're impressed. The munafiqun, they were tricking the companions, trying to. But Allah exposed them. إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ قَالُوا نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُهُ وَاللَّهُ يَشْهَدُ إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَكَاذِبُونَ When the munafiquna come to you, Muhammad, they swear, Wallahi, we know Muhammad is Rasulullah. Allah said, Allah knows that you're his messenger, and Allah bear, bear witness that they're liars. Don't listen to that kalam. Don't listen to that kalam. It's a Ponzi scheme. All this kind of about bitcoins and all of that stuff like that. You didn't read between the lines. You don't know what's going on. All you know is there are a few commercials on TikTok that people are saying, I made this much money and you getting ready to give your money over to people because the kalam sounds good. You don't know any of those people on TikTok. You don't know a single person from those people on TikTok who's saying, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good. You don't know a single is he... Is he, is he, uh, truthful? Is he, um, honest? You don't, you don't know that. But we, we go, we, they get us. They get us. This is what this hadith is talking about. Don't be one of those. Ya ayyulladheena amanu khudhu hidrakum. That's what Allah said. Oh, you believe? Take your precautions. 
Take your precautions about everything that needs to be, you know, you need to be cautious of. Don't just go into a house and listen to what those people are talking about. You have to go and find out on the internet what are good questions to ask. I'm getting ready to go get another job. What are good questions to ask when you go for a new interview? Everything on the internet. So all of what we learned before, that this house, it has um, rotuba. What is that? Rotuba? It's mold and damp and all that stuff. You didn't know that, man, at first because they had it painted. <laughs> they had it painted. And then after two or three months of starting, you saw, oh, man, it's mold in here. And your kid has asthma. La Allah. People are hustling. So don't get fooled by the glitter. Ya ayyuha ladheena amanu inna min azwajikum wa awladikum fitnatun aduun lakum fahdhuruhum. We believe some of your wives and some of your children, they are enemies to you. So beware. Beware. And those are the closest people to you. Allah is telling us, beware of the fitna. What about people you don't know? Again, Ikhwani, that doesn't mean we walk around not trusting and believing people. Because that's another extreme. The one who is not trusting anyone, those negative people. The glass is half empty. They're just negative. It's that auntie, the mother's always, you guys don't love me. You guys just waiting for me to die. You don't, no, no, we love you. They have to always tell their moms, we, cause she's negative like that. Everybody who comes to the house from the other relative, she has something negative to say. I, it can't be like that. The Muslim is the person who has husnavun about people. But once people step on his toes, they sting him, somebody does him wrong, those eyes are open. That doesn't mean you should wait for it to happen. You should try to prevent it. But in our religion, sometimes the religion is like that. I never had any money stolen from me in, in Jahiliya. But in Islam, I had money stolen from me. Why? Because I had to believe the people. You believe them. And he's lying. He's lying. So that's the meaning of the hadith. Let me share with you. Where the hadith comes from. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the battle of the battle of Badr was fighting the people, and there was a man who was a poet, and this man was fighting against Rasulullah Sallallahu and he was giving poetry as well. Well known for his skills in poetry. So in the battle of Badr, the Muslims won. They killed those people, and it was a monumental victory. After the victory, the prophet caught that man. You're the one who was making poetry. How? Poetry for the Arabs back then is like the media is for us right now. The wasail al-alam, the media. The newspaper, TV, the akhbar. Poets were like that before. If you were a good poet, and this is our tribe, but we're going to travel somewhere... The poet, when he travels, he'll say his poetry to those people, those people, those people, and then they'll take it there and there and there, and it spreads like that. And that's how they were. And their poetry would be all over the peninsula. And the prophet listened to this, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, being a balanced man. He wasn't theoretic. 
Our da'wat is salafiyya. When did it become theoretic? It's just theory. No, if you are really salafi, then be more gentle with the people. Know your religion more. Know if Allah is as-samir, al-basir, or whatever, then let us behave appropriately. Let us not talk without knowledge. What are you talking about? So that man, that particular man, Rasulullah he showed us something. He also had poets. Poets, there's a surah of the Quran as shu'ara. Poets were the way that news spread back then, like TV. Did Prophet Muhammad disconnect from society? No, it's from his culture. He had poets, like Hassan ibn Thabit, like Abdullah ibn Ruwaha, poets on another level, like Kaab ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu. And he used to tell them, like Hassan ibn Thabit, they used to have battles, like hip-hop battles today. The poets back then used to have battles. And they could destroy your whole tribe and make you embarrassed for the rest of your life. And this was one of the reasons why the Arabs would bury their daughters alive. They didn't want the daughter to be living where another poet can say something bad about her and embarrass him. So he'll bury his daughter before that happens. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So the Prophet ﷺ would tell those companions, he would tell Hassan ibn Thabit, go and battle them. And may the Ruh Qudus be with you. May Jibril be with you in your poetry. And he would battle him. And he would always win. So that man, he used to do that. Spread the poetry against Islam, Rasulullah and the companions. Rasulullah caught that man. When he caught him, he was like, you are done. You are done. We're going to do you right now. He played on the... The, the rahma of Rasulullah. They knew how he was. Ya Muhammad, I got daughters. Who's going to take care of them? Ya Muhammad, I'm poor. They're poor. Muhammad, I really wasn't thinking about what I was doing. I was just following the crowd and I came out. Come on, give me a break. Rasulullah said, okay, you have a break. But promise me you will not talk about the Muslims and help these people again. I promise you, you have my word, Muhammad. I'm going to, don't worry about it. Okay, you let him go. When the battle of Uhud came around, lo and behold, this guy was on the other team again. So they fought. They fought. And in that battle, there was not a decisive victory for the Muslims. As a matter of fact, the Muslims were hurt in that war because they didn't listen to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or anhu. But Rasulullah caught that man. He caught that man, and then that man said, Ya Muhammad, let me go, give me a break. You know, my daughter is unpoured. I told you the deal. You know, yeah, let me go. Prophet Muhammad told him, I will not allow you to leave here and to go back to Mecca, and you arrive in Mecca, and then you will tell the people, I tricked Muhammad two times. Verily, the believer does not get stung from the same, same hole twice. And then they dealt with him. That is the reason for the hadith. Now that hadith that I just told you in the seerah, in the history of Islam, that story has some problems in it, no doubt about it. The hadith that we mentioned is in Bukhari and Muslim. But the story, when it comes in a narration, it has some issues. But nonetheless, the statement is in that hadith, so we're going to take it.
That is what the hadith means. Someone steps to you, you trusted him, he was your friend, was your wife, your relative, your business partner. Someone came, he gained your trust, and then he stabbed you in the back. You got that, he got that off. He got that one. But you can't let him do it again. You can't let him do it again. You have to wake up. And look at this. This religion gives you strength. You don't have to be embarrassed to say to them, I don't trust you. You don't have to be embarrassed to say, you did this before. You just say, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the believer is not stung from the same hole twice. That's what you say. Like our wives. Our wives don't have to be embarrassed if they don't want to go to their sister's house or let her into your house. All you got to do is say, oh, my husband's not home. He didn't give me permission. Now my husband's not home. I have to ask my husband. Just put it on your husband. So that's the meaning of this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Another thing very important, Ikhwani, this is really important. This hadith, the Muslim doesn't get stuck, sung from the same hole twice. This hadith does not clash against all of those authentic hadith that describe that the believer is easy. Hadith number six in this book. We took this hadith number six in this book. The Prophet said in that long hadith about he left us on the Mahajjatul Bayda, the Laylaha Kannahariha. That hadith. He gave us a big mu'idha, caused the eyes to shed tears and the heart to become fearful. Ya Rasulullah, it's as if you're giving us a farewell speech, as if you're leaving us. What do you advise us to do? Those of you who live a long time, sayyara ikhtilaf in kathir, you're going to see a lot of ikhtilaf. So take my sunnah, sunnah of the khulafa al-rashideen. At the end of the hadith, he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, innama al-mu'min. Verily the believer is like the sociable camel, the obedient camel. Whichever way you pull him, he'll follow. That's authentic. That hadith is talking about the maruna of the Muslim, how the Muslim is flexible. The Muslim mixes with people. He's sociable. That's the meaning of this hadith. Don't be that guy. Everybody here decides that we're going to eat momos. No, Mindy's. We're going to go to the Mindy house. Everybody decides we're going to eat Mindy. That one brother said, nah, I want momos. Come on, man. Why you got to be the only one like that? Why? When you see everybody in an issue like this. Why? You're the difficult one. And there's always a relative like that. A friend like that. Don't be like that. We're sure. This is our masjid. We're sure. Ten people. Eight people. There's always that person on the shura. He's difficult. We should cancel. No, we shouldn't do it. No, it's not going to work. Where are we going to get the money? Brother, haven't we proven over the last so many years that if we organize, we put our heads to it, it can happen, but he can't help it. The believer is not like that. Just difficult to be difficult. No. Those many, many ahadith. Al-mu'min ya'laf wa yu'laf wa la khayra fi man la ya'laf wa la yu'laf. That's what it means. 
The believer, Muslim, is the one who connects to people. And when they want to connect to him, he accommodates. He's not the one who always wait for people to serve him, come to him, connect to him, visit him. He's not like that. He accommodates and he initiates. That's what that hadith means. So someone may take this authentic hadith about the camel, the camel that goes with you where you want to go, and say, but isn't this hadith tell her, get stung? No. The hadith that says you don't get stung is the one that says in the means, keep your eye open for the swindler, the shyster, the one who jammed up your program, the one who you tasted the marara of his actions. So all of those other hadith, they're just telling you be gentle. Like that hadith, in Allah harram al-nar ala kulli hayyin, layyin, qareeb, sahl. Allah has made the hellfire haram, haram. And every person who is gentle on himself, gentle and easy with other people. He's in close proximity, qareeb. Anything you need, you can find him. He's not that guy who, when you call him, he's not there for you. Never. No, he's that guy. Whenever you call, even if you don't get him, he's calling you back. Trustworthy, a solid brother. Allah made the hellfire haram on the one who's qareeb. You can find him. There's that friend. He's a fair weather friend. When things get, they going all right, he's right there. He's right there, especially for our young brothers who want to be in a criminal life. They're there with you, shayateen, whispering to you to do evil. As soon as you get caught and you get locked up, they're not going to do anything for you. They ain't writing you no letters. They're not sending you any money. They're not going to give your mother any money. If you're married, they ain't giving nothing to your, to your wife. They're not giving you anything. Dilly squad. Because those streets... Those streets, they have no loyalty to anybody. Anybody. But the one who is soft and gentle on himself, gentle with other people, he's there whenever you need him, and he's sahl. Sahl means he's easy. The way he is. He's like drinking water, man. It's like drinking water. Easy to understand, easy to comprehend. There are some people, it's like drinking vinegar. Mixed with 7-Up and a lot of salt in it. And you got to try to drink that stuff. Some people are like that. Like, man, you are tough on the palate. Lastly, what we want to mention concerning this hadith is that um, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, a lot of times they say that this hadith, this is a hadith, is Abdullah bin Mas'ud and it's authentic. He said, Sa'id men wurida bighayrihi. The successful one, the intelligent one, a Sa'id, the happy one, is the person who learns from other people. Other people make mistakes and you learn from that. You don't have to get stung to learn. You don't have to get stung. The people said, yeah, he's not a good businessman. And he proved that. And you went and you asked people and they gave you the delil. This dude is not a good businessman. Don't jump into business, get stung and say, okay, I got it now. I remember that hadith. No, you can save yourself from getting stung in the first place. As Sa'id, man wu'idha bi 
The intelligent one, the one who is successful, is the one who learns from mistakes of other people. So for the students who are here, university or whatever, you better learn this. You get caught cheating, you're going to get kicked out of university. You don't do the work, you're not going to get your degree. You move with the wrong people, they're going to be a distraction. Learn from other people. You're in the class and the teacher or the sheikh, he asks you a question. And the question is, who are the five major prophets? Who are the five major prophets? So the brother answers. He says, Noah, Adam, Ibrahim, Noah, Ibrahim, Musa, uh, uh, Muhammad. One more, one more, Muhammad. He can't remember Isa ibn Maryam. Okay, can't remember. Yo, yo, who are the four? You got, you just missed one. You missed one. Yo, yo, what? He says, um, Yaqub, Ismail, Ishaq. Yeah, he, you didn't just hear what he said. We told him you got one more. He just mentioned four and you want Ismail and Ishaq and Yaqub. You don't mention the same, don't come up with something new or mention the same mistake that he made. He made a mistake and you'll find the student making the same mistake. Wallahi, being a, a student in the class, it's just knowing what you're doing. Uh, part of it is having intellect. Some kids are real smart, but part of it is just keeping your eyes open and paying attention. Just don't be dumb and keep up with the homework and work hard. And you can be the number one student in the class because where we come from, we're poor, we're people of color. Our parents don't put a lot of uh, emphasis on education. So we want our kids to settle for mediocrity. The, the, the African kid, the black kid, Afro-Caribbean kid, Pakistani kid, the Muslim kid, many times, he just wants to pass. Just give me a D as long as I don't get an F. No, brother. We want you to get an A plus, And we also want you to be in school every day. You have the best attendance because the Muslim doesn't settle for mediocrity. You know, on the day of Juma, if you come to the Juma first, early, you get the reward of slaughtering a, a camel. And then those after, slaughtering a cow. And then those after, slaughtering a sheep. And then those after, slaughtering a chicken. And then those after, slaughtering an egg or giving an egg. And then after that, the manatee could close the scrolls and that's it. The way we are, man, I'm just going to make it, man. I get that egg. The egg is high with me, man. What's the problem? And then he'll become philosophical about the benefits of the egg. You know the egg king before the chicken, though. You know that. You know that. Man, what you talking about, man? The point is, the Muslim shouldn't... The Muslim shouldn't settle for mediocrity. That's the point. That's what we're saying. Last thing we want to mention, and Juan, this is important, too is the richness of the kalam of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the scholars of Islam and what they've done for our religion. This hadith has other interpretations. Some of them are close and many of them are far away. Some of the scholars said the meaning of this hadith, the meaning of it, the believer does not get stung from the same hole twice, means that yomul qiyamah, when people die, if you got punished for a sin that you did, and you went to the knot of Jahannam, and then you came out and you went to Jannah, you won't get punished twice for the same sin. You only get punished for that one sin. It could mean that 
It can possibly mean that secondarily. It can mean that. And that is true. That is true. And that's the richness of the language and the fiqh of the Muslims, of the ulama of Islam. But the one we want to emphasize and leave all of those other aqwal is be careful of the shaysta. Be careful. There's an Arab parable. It says, لا تقرب ثلاثة. Don't approach three. Don't approach three people, three things. Don't approach a Thor. You know the Thor, the bull, the bull. The bull. Um, Spain, they be stabbing a bull and stuff. But sometimes the bull get them. They said, don't approach the bull from in the front. Because obviously, he's going to do you. They said, and don't approach, don't approach the horse from behind. Kick your head off. You got to come to the side of the horse. Horse will kick your head off. And they say, don't approach the jahil, the ghabi, from ayhi jiha. The ignorant person, don't approach him from any direction. Avoid him altogether. Because he's going to hurt you. He's going to hurt you. You're going to be hurt. An ignorant friend, if you have a friend who's believed, ghabi, safi, jahil, He'll hurt you more than your enemy will. Having him as your friend. And it reminds me of when the police used to come here. I have nothing to worry about the police. But I don't want to deal with no police. They come looking for, where's Abu Osama? The friend, he's my friend. Oh, he's not here, but I'll give you his telephone number. Hey man, what are you giving the Pope my number for, brother? I don't want to have to deal with them. What are you doing? It's just general principle. Don't give anybody my number. What are you giving the police my number for? That's the, that's the friend. That is the friend. Goes to your house and knocks on the door. And your wife comes to the door. I don't have to say anything other than that. You can imagine. Put the rest of it. He goes to your house looking for you. You're not home. Your wife is home. He says, is Fulan there my friend? No. Can I help you? And he gives her the whole story. The whole story. And then when you come home, you find your wife and her hair is on fire. And she's looking at you with red eyes and her hair is burning because of the news that your friend brought to the door. Watch out. We're going to stop here, inshallah. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.